Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran, a ministry of Worship Generation Church in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. and I went to Texas. And there in Texas, at the open, I was so excited. I'm like, 14, this is my dream. I'm dreaming of being a pro surfer. It's 1975. There's not even a pro tour. And I'm there for my dream. They do the opening ceremony. And then Yancey Spencer, who was in the surfing magazines at the time, to this day, probably the most famous surfer ever to come out of the Gulf Coast. Yancey Spencer got up. They said, oh, there's a thing going on after the ceremony. Yancey Spencer's going to talk. I'm like, oh, Yancey Spencer's going to talk. He's in the magazines. This is my world. That's all that matters. He got up and he shared the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. He shared his testimony and the gospel. And here's what I remember most about that night. Because, you know, doing a book on my life, I've been recollecting these things. And I can still picture the room and everything. But I remember most is, you know, I've been raised Catholic. I'd gone to catechism. I'd been confirmed. I went to Bible studies off campus in fifth grade in Charlottesville. I went to Bible studies outside the Catholic Church during Mass on Sundays in Charlottesville during the Jesus Revolution when the Catholic college students took us and taught us Bible studies, good news for modern man, I had, I had a better understanding of Jesus than maybe some Catholics might have in a different situation. But you know what happened that day when Yancey Spencer got up? And his, his brother, John Spencer, still pastors the Calvary Chapel in Pensacola. He's been pastoring for like 40 years. Big Calvary right there in Gulf Breeze, Pensacola. What happened that night when Yancey Spencer shared the gospel is in my mind, two things came together that I'd never seen together. Jesus and surfing. Jesus and surfing. In my world, catechism, the priests at the mission in Oceanside, St. Francis priests, it was all, that's that world, but I'm going to be a pro surfer, and that's, this is this world. Yancey Spencer put those two together, and he made Jesus a surfer for a surfer. And this is what I want you to think about. Your interest, your gifts, your skills, your talents, your education. What is practical in your life that God puts his spirit on and makes spiritual for the kingdom? Because there's bikers for Christ. There's RV people for Christ. And there's surfers for Christ. There's dog walkers for Christ. There's kitty people for Christ. There's everything for Christ. So whatever it is your interest is, think on that as well. Make your practical for the body of Christ is spiritual. And of course, with the local church, with your gifts, you go out, you serve in the church, it benefits the church, but you go out and you reach people through your world, and then maybe they come to church with you. Court goes out and shares his faith, and sometimes those people show up at church. That's, you know, you work and you do this, and sometimes you ask a coworker to come to food and fellowship, and they do. Or you ask them to come to the women's event, and they do. Every kind not the most important, not the least important, not some, every kind of service in the house of the Lord. I worship generation body of Christ. I want you to be thinking as we wrap, move toward the completion of the first quarter this year, what is every kind of who you are that can be used even more for the Lord than currently is used for the Lord in and through the local church, but to the benefit of the universal church and humanity as a whole. Now, the second point is of service. So the Levites were appointed to every kind of service. 
this was the first great lesson I had to learn in ministry, was you really truly become the servant of all. You know, it's one thing when you read about being the servant of all. It's quite another when God shows you what that looks like, isn't it? But when you get sent to Virginia and you get thrashed for the kingdom, <laughs> like, I'm not so sure about this servant of all stuff. I'm just not sure about this at all. It's humbling, serving others. It's so humbling that Jesus showed us the absolute lowest point of what a human being is willing to do in service to others. There in John chapter 13, before he's betrayed, he got up and he washed the disciples' feet. We're familiar with this story, but I want to read this text to you. Chapter 13 of John, verse 13 says this, Jesus washed their feet. Peter said, no, don't do that. And like, no, I'm going to. And Peter's like, okay, then do it all. And no, that's not necessary. And so verse 13 Jesus says this, do you know what I've done to you? Verse 12, and then 13, he says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, has, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I've done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant's not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. In this text, he's the master of all. Now, Jesus said elsewhere that the greatest in God's kingdom is the servant of all. He didn't come to serve, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. And that's the example for every follower of Christ. Jesus said, unless you pick up your cross and die to yourself, you're not worthy to be his disciple. For in losing our life, we find our life. And in dying to our pride and our self-interest and humbling ourselves before the Lord and serving others, that's where we find our life. We lose the temporary life that we can't keep to gain the eternal life that we can't lose when we become the servant in service to others, of service, of service. See, a lot of people, most people go into ministry realize, like, oh, I'm called to serve. But, you know, you, sometimes you can't tell by how they carry themselves and act in their home in their community, at work, or at church. But if you're truly called in ministry, a deacon, a deacon's wife, anyone, a children's ministry worker, you know this. You help out in the nursery. See how much you get beat up for that spiritually. You realize that the, the death of our pride and flesh and the, the battles you fight, oppression you work through, through to just come and serve and serve the Lord, it refines you, and it takes the rough edges off. It's a little more of Christ and a little less of you. And I'm 35 years of exhibit. 35 years of being under that death sentence by the Holy Spirit refining me and, and, and getting things out. Oh, I love this text because about 10 years ago, I got this bright idea, like 25th year I'm married. I'm like, you know what? I want to wash my wife's feet. You know this story. Some of you don't. I'm like, I'm like oh, look at me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wash Jennifer's feet. I'm going to wash Jennifer's feet. I said, so whatever it was, I, I, like, I had this great idea. So I come out, honey, I want to wash your feet. And she goes, I prefer you wash the dishes. <laughs> Such a powerful, like, wow. You know, when they say, like, you eliminate unnecessary words, so the only ones that really matter stick around. Like, you know, what do you say to that? You just walk away. Like, that's, there's nothing more to say. Like, that's over. That's it. That's it, you know. And you, you, you learn that every kind of service, and if you learn that, if you're married in your home, or you have roommates, when you go to, way to college, these sorts of things, you learn that at work, 
you just really bring that servant's heart. Now, we know in the business world that when you talk about 20% of the companies make 80% of the revenue in their industry because the 20% of the companies provide better service, customer service, than the other 80%. They show up early, do the job right, have a plan, have vision, and particularly customer service is renowned. That's why Nordstrom's has outlasted all these other companies like Kmart, right, or Toys R Us. Nordstrom's number one strength is customer service. It's, it's world famous in the business world. Their customer service goes above and beyond. When I worked retail at Hobie Oceanside that became Surfride, I learned a lot about how important customer service was. It's just so critical that you serve. So the business world, they know, like, there's a reason one restaurant, two restaurants, one might have better food than the other. They might not make it because they, they don't get better service. They don't, they don't treat you right. They don't treat you with respect. They take longer to get your food there, and they treat you like they're doing you a favor. But this restaurant, the food might be 25% less as good to Italian restaurants, but they treat you like royalty. They get you your food, and they treat you with respect, and they honor you and value you. Which one do you go back to? Okay? So in the world of business, customer service is everything. And really in the world of elite customer service, the top 5% that make everything is because they have great, not just great customer service, excellent customer service. Now that's the world, and much of what they attain to, they leave behind unless they serve the Lord in that format and that structure. But the church of all people should have the very best service, right? Because whatever we do, it says unto the Lord, and so if it's a spiritual or a practical with a spiritual on it, it should, it should be excellent. It should just shine. It should just be glorious. That's what it should be. It should be at the highest level. The, the focus, the vision, the effort, the completion of the task. There should be so much personal pride in the right sense of the word for the honor of Christ in whatever we do. It should be Intentional. And it should be the pursuit of excellence, and it should demonstrate faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So whatever we do for the Lord, there's going to be an element of faith. That means we might be out of our comfort zone. But we bring our best, and we trust the Lord with the rest. We fill the water pots, he turns it to wine. That's how it is. And so even here, they're of service. And it reminds us that whatever we do in the church, it's, it's about serving others. It truly is about others. I had that bumper sticker from Pastor Gail Irwin years ago. He did some different bumper stickers after he wrote the Jesus style and the church style, but the one said others. And I put, I had that bumper sticker on uh, Putt-Putt. That car was called Putt-Putt. Jan Jameson gave us that car. It was a Honda Civic from like 1990 or something. Thing just, it's a Honda. It went on forever, right? His name was Putt-Putt. And I had the others sticker on it. And You know, when you're driving a car that has a bumper sticker, others, it affects how you behave in Orange County on the road. I mean, like, you just can't, you know, like, you you just can't. It's like, it's hard. It's so hard that when Timmy began to drive at 16, he asked me if I'd take it off for him. I go, all right, Timmy, I'll take that off for you. Yeah, we'll do that. I I understand, Timmy, it's hard for a 16-year-old to drive around the bumper sticker that says, others. That's, that's, That's more than any teenage male can bear at 16. I, I bear witness to that, so we'll, we'll take that off for you. But it really is others, and that's what we need to understand. When I think of the people that serve here, again, the wonderful people that serve in this ministry, the children's ministry, the women's ministry, you know, every Bible study Susan Branch ever teaches, there's such a spiritual battle for it. There's so much that goes on just to show up and spend two hours with the women. There's a battle for my wife. It's a battle for everybody, the other women in leadership, like, you know, you do a women's tea. You think you could do a women's tea in June and just be like, you know, unicorns and daisies in the sunshine with 
you know, June, June gloom. No, it's a knockdown, drag out battle because people are bringing friends that aren't saved and they're going to hear a message that could touch them like Nancy Spencer touched me back in 1975. So it is about serving others and, and, it's, and it's about truly giving them to the Lord and, and praying for them and seeing them like the Lord would see them. In reflection of 35 years of ministry, I celebrated that back in February, 35 years being a pastor, I reflected so much on like how I do things differently in, in ministry. And, you know, poor Jennifer, she's every morning like, you know, I've been thinking about this. You know, I would not let toxic people come to me every single week and dump the same toxin on me week after week after week after week. I would not do that anymore because I thought that was ministry. There's things you do that you think is ministry when it's just people manipulating you. And you want to be a good pastor, so you never say no, but you realize about three, four, five years into it, you got to say no more than you say yes. Jesus said no to a lot of things and a lot of people. So I've been very reflective. But even on things where I felt like, gosh, you know, like, man, I got snickered on that. Oh, that first year in Vista, it was actually the second year we were doing the drug and alcohol ministry, and I wanted to see the, the ministry grow, and I wanted to reach people, and I, you know, I did drugs, I was stupid, you know, and I did stupid things drinking, and I, 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 can, I can do this, you know, but like, we had serious people, like, not just like recreational high school stuff, like people that wrecked their lives, right, so they're trying to rebuild their lives, like I've been through with my sister, and uh, it, it, in, in doing all that, you know, you, you want to be a good pastor, like you, want to like, you want to serve people. You want them to come out every Thursday to the drug and alcohol ministry. You want to be there for them when they're in court. You know, like, yeah, they're doing good. They've been clean for two weeks. You can trust them. You know, like you do stuff like that, right? And, um, but I remember there was a woman, and she needed someone to move her. And the only day she could move was my day off. And I'm a, well, I'm a second-year pastor, and I'm a good pastor. And that's what pastors do. They move former drug addicts when they need to move. And I'm the director of the drug and alcohol ministry. I'm going to move her. Well, you know, she complained the whole time I did it. She hadn't prepared for anything. I was like literally allied movers. I mean, I had to put it in the box. And, stuff like, ah, and she's complaining. And went all day long, I wasn't with my wife. I took a day away from my wife. See, those are things I wouldn't do again quite like that. It was a day off, right? So I remember I moved her. I'm like, well, you know, okay. That's fine. Never saw her again. You know, in the first week, she didn't show up. I'm like, where's that woman I moved? That cost me a day of my life, man. Like, that, that, you know, uh, college students would charge you 500 bucks for that, for something, you know, even back in 1989. She never showed up. I never saw her again. And then, you like, you know those old cartoons when they look in the mirror and they turn into a donkey, like, you know, like they've been had? Like, I felt like that. I was like, this woman, I didn't even know. I'm like, oh, Mr. Jesus, sure, I'll move everything for you. I'll pack it all, move it and get you there. And, oh, man, never see him again. So then your problem is being bitter. Like, oh, this is what the ministry is. (laughs) But, you know, now 35 years later, I say, you know, it all worked out. You know, because now when you're 62 and you know you're in the fourth quarter, you're like, hey, you know what? Like, that wasn't so bad. I mean, it wasn't so bad. That's what, you know, when you serve, you, it's always nice to serve and people say thank you, but you, people in the service sector, the restaurant business, you know, as a waiter or waitress, you can give someone the best service and they might be so unhappy, they complain, they complain to the boss, I want to talk to the manager, right? You do know what I'm talking about, yes? Oh, it's hard when that happens in Jesus' name. 
But you don't do it as unto people. You do it for people, but as unto the Lord. So you can see them the way he sees them. So when you're washing their feet, you see them the way Jesus sees them. In other words, you're picking up their dishes, you're cleaning their laundry, all those things. I've talked to so many women who are unhappy in marriage, and they found strength in their marriage because they did it as unto the Lord, and they were doing it for their husband, for the Lord. And they didn't, it would be nice if the husbands appreciated, but it was still beautiful because they did it as unto the Lord. Once, like Leah in the Old Testament realizes she doesn't find fulfillment in men, but in the Lord, then she's good to go. Finally, the third thing we see here is of the house of God, which brings us back to how we started, that it really is about the house of God. So when we think about serving in a restaurant, it looks like one thing. When we think about serving at Nordstrom's, you know, it looks like another thing. When we think about serving in the church, I mean, some people get compensated. People get compensated here. Most people volunteer in what they do, and we appreciate it. We pray for them, and they're years and years of eternal fruit. The Lord knows all that. But we serve in the house of the Lord, and this is so distinct compared to any other place you can serve. Because like I said, I've worked in room service at the Sheraton. I worked at a surf shop. I worked for Hang 10, doing promotion and marketing. I've done, I worked for a surf magazine at one time, trying to sell ads for Breakout Magazine. I've had some adventures. I mowed lawns, worked in Ukigawa Tomato Packing House. Worked for my dad all the time doing landscaping. It was humbling, but it motivated me to get a better job because it was hot in Vista in August. And I like, okay, this is not what I want to do the rest of my life. And I, I did lots of things. I've done a lot of jobs, like some of you in, in your 60s, you know, like different things. But when I work for my dad, I work for my dad. When I work for Surfride, I work for Surfride. And yes, I could do it as unto the Lord, especially like when I work for Surfride, or when I work for Billabong, excuse me, when I worked for Billabong, and I did their U.S. team in 1999, I was a pastor, and I was serving, running their U.S. junior program, so that was unto the Lord. But in the end, when you walk away from 117 Waterworks Way, Irvine, it's not like walking away from the body of Christ, or changing church location. Like, that was a job, you did it unto the Lord, but that's, that's not the church. This is the church. The church in 1 Timothy 3 is, I want you to know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. Oh, see, that's a big difference right there, right? This is the only, like, as a local church where Christ is the head, because he is the head, and we're saved by faith, and we believe the whole counsel of God, so we're in a world of 15,000 denominations, we're part of the Calvary Chapel movement, and we are biblically sound in our foundation and who we believe in and who we're serving and who's at the right hand of the Father and the glory to come. And when we gather here and we sing songs with the worship leaders like Jeff tonight, and I open the Bible and teach the Bible like tonight, we are built around the truth. See, when you bring your friends and family here and people serve their children in the children's ministry, you're bringing your friends to a place where it's the pillar and the ground of truth. And you go up in this youth room, your friends are going to hear truth. When Danny Gutierrez comes here next week, if he were to bring his friends, his co-workers from where he works, or Hannah, his fiance, brought her co-workers from where she works, and they came to hear him do worship, they, they, they've been to our church a number of times now, and they know that this is a place that's the pillar and the foundation of truth. And so... This is not only a safe place because of people like Scott Fahey and pastors like Sam back there and everyone working together and Anthony, but it's also, above all else, a place of truth because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the truth, and he's the exalted one over us. We exist because of him. In fact, Ephesians 4 says that he gave gifts that the leaders could build you up in the faith that's in Jesus Christ. My calling as a pastor-teacher 
is to equip you for the work of the ministry and that you're not tossed to and fro by weird beliefs and false doctrines, but you're firm in your faith. So twice a week, you can bring people here and this church it's not the building, but the building, of course, is a church. And we've talked about the value and the holiness of a place where you meet. But the church is the church of the living God. We are a living, eternal organism. The Holy Spirit's with us. He's in you, and he's with us. There's no other existence like that. Now, you can have parachurch organizations, like maybe like Youth for Christ on campus, or Christian surfers having a conference, and they... You know, they have the commonality of surfing, and they're not really a church, but they're gathered, so it's like a church gathering, right? That would be somewhat like that. But the local church, they're in the book of Acts. After all those people got saved in Acts chapter 2, it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in prayer, in fellowship, and the breaking of bread. They were together. And then we're told they met house to house, and they met in the temple daily, and they're rejoicing and praising the Lord, and God gave them increase. There's nothing on planet Earth that looks or is worthy to be compared with who we are tonight as the Church of Jesus Christ. We're a local church in Orange County. And look at us. And we're part of this greater Calvary Chapel movement. We're part of the evangelical church in America worldwide. We've invested all over the world for years in world missions and what they're a part of and what they're doing. We're we're the church, and we're the pillar and ground of truth in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. There's no higher calling than to serve in all kind of, to, in all things, in all kinds of things, to serve in the house of God. It's the ultimate calling. It's the greatest privilege to serve in the local church. So whether you're serving by praying for us, you know, sometimes I say like, hey, ladies, pray for the men. We're doing coffee and donuts on Saturday. I mean it. And I know you know I mean it. When I say to the men, men, the ladies are getting together Saturday. Pray for Susan and the women. I mean it. And I hope you know I mean it, men. I mean it. Every ministry, see, the moment you pray for a ministry, you've now touched that ministry. And I say you can follow the money trail because we always find money for what we really want. And you follow the time trail because we always make time for what we really want. I would add to that, follow the prayer trail. Because where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And if you're a praying woman, and where you're praying, you're going to care about those things. If you're a praying man, you're going to pray for those things, and you're going to care about those things. The moment you start praying for things, you take ownership of those things. Years ago when I was asked to do the K-Wave radio for the Harvest Crusade, and we've given money at various times to the Harvest Crusades, I prayed more fervently than I ever have before because, like, I'm going to be on the radio. I literally was doing play-by-play for people going forward. I'm not going to just show up and do that for Greg Laurie and the Harvest Ministry. I, like, I, I prayed like it, like it really, like, I put more to it. And ever since then, I just have, as a byproduct, a greater respect for Greg Laurie and his ministry, right? You can't pray for someone and not have a bigger burden for them. You can't labor in prayer and fight a battle for someone spiritually and not greater appreciate them for who they are in the kingdom of God. It's a natural byproduct. Jesus said, where your treasures, your heart will be also. And I say, follow the money trail. And, I, and then I say, follow the prayer trail. So if you don't know what your ministry is, just pray. Just pray. Just pray as things come up 
to be aware of. Just make your, just pray. Just pray. Even you don't, like, just pray for WG. Pray for Shoreline Baptist Church. Pray for Pastor Matt from Shoreline. Just start praying, and then things will start moving. And, and, and God will begin to show you what kind of things, what, what every kind of thing you, your thing, what, what your thing is, and how it becomes part of this thing in service to the house of God. I want us all to just be so fruitful in this journey of life and in this season. And so I close with these, these thoughts for you. We dedicated Mark Coca about a month or two ago here. And in my world, I see everything through the eyes of Mark Coca. What do I want for Mark Coca when he's 80 in the year 2100? And do I believe there's a better future for Mark Coca than, what, than what's behind us? And I say yes and amen. So I leave you this thought. We are the pillar and ground of truth. We are the victors because Christ is the victor. We are not the victims. And we live by faith, not in fear. And we have vision, purpose, courage, and we go forward, onward, and upward to glory. Yes and amen. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our church YouTube channel. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. For more information about Pastor Joey personally, you can follow him on his Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and God bless.